0: It's the twenty-seventh of June, this is the FBR cast. It's an amazing
1: smile, even the suit has tea, everything flash and guile. Nothing underneath except a small black heart that no one sees but me. I've been watching, I can see you start to wonder, could it be that you need- Welcome to the
0: FBR Cast, the official podcast for fantasybookreview.co.uk. My name is Josh. And my name is Ryan. And we will be taking you through the latest reviews, interviews with your favourite authors, the latest news from in and around the world of fantasy literature, and any topic we think we can convincingly sell our editor on. But first things first, and because I love this part of any podcast I listen to, Ryan, what are you drinking tonight?
1: Well, it's a hard night for me, so I'm going the traditional afternoon tea with a Dunkin' Donut. Oh,
0: very nice. Uh, is that Twining's traditional afternoon that tea? That is
1: Twining's traditional afternoon tea.
0: Comes in oh. 10 bags per box. I've, I, I'm, I'm close. I'm going with the traditional Australian afternoon tea. Um, special edition Twining's. Um, I don't know if it counts as special, edu- special edition if it goes for more than a year, but that's what it's doing. Um... Really there's not there's not there's not nothing you can do to beat a cup of tea. Nothing at all. Nah. righty uh straight into the news I think, and there is some big news over the past few weeks and we'll be doing a little bit of a, a longer news fortnight here. Um first of all, the David Gemmel Award winners were announced and really no surprises there, right, Ryan?
1: Uh no. The David Gemmel Award's there for the popular vote; there, the readers get their chance to have their say, and um, the Legend Award, the for best novel, went to Pat Rothfuss. No surprise there. No, none at all. The Wise
0: Man's Fear, second book in the um, the, the the series, which has a name that I've forgotten. Good. I'm glad you forgot it too. Um, what and it, what? I didn't enjoy it as much as the original one. Um, you can send hate mail to an email address we'll give you later, but. I was actually happier with the Morning Star Award, the best debut, went to Helen Lowe's *Air of Night. I reviewed that on the site, and I loved it. I thought it was really good. Um, a lot of the time you get children in stories who are portrayed as 13-year-olds, but they're doing 18-year-old stuff or 25-year-old stuff. This girl might have been young, but it was done in such a way that I her age never came into it and I really enjoyed that story. Did did you ever get a chance to read that? No, I
1: haven't, so for my benefit, can you give me a quick synopsis?
0: Uh yes, I I, I, I can do that. <laughs> Off the top of your head. <laughs> yeah. No no pressure. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh I can give you a synopsis because I have um the internet. Um it's actually really impressive. Um now, now that it's all coming back to me um, and with, with, there's been enough time now that the the second book has actually come out and I finished that recently too which is also reviewed on the site but basically you've got this people who came to this planet and are now living in a very medieval sort of way um, and you've got 12 different houses and they live on this uh, ridge this, this uh, mountain mountain um, this this series of mountains and their job is pretty much to protect the rest of the the people behind them from uh this race known as the dark swarm and so there is a lot of um uh, there's a lot of honor and a lot of um responsibility that these people have and so Malian is the heir to the house of night and and she has to go through a lot of stuff um for a young woman and there's a lot there's a lot of magic in here a lot of ancestry sort of stuff um, and a lot of great ancient legend um, hit and history that, that that's playing into her uh, life and, and what's to come and uh, a great pair of characters who, are, who I won't say much more about but really enjoyable characters
1: yeah I have hardly even heard anything about this so it come as a surprise to me to see that she won it but um, obviously a lot of people are reading it and I have to get my hands on it Yeah, I
0: was actually really stoked and surprised to see that she won it She's a New Zealand author, um, which is not saying anything. Um, New Zealanders are as we- worthy to win it as anyone else, so I don't want email on that one and um, I was just I-, I was just really surprised to see it there um, The other part of the David Gemmell Award is the best cover, art, uh, uh, the Ravenheart Award Raymond Swanland for the book Blood of Anerion. It's sitting on my
1: shelf somewhere. It's a wonderful picture. You can see it on the on the blog. There were some uh, better covers nominated, I thought. Um, there was one in particular that was um, The Oracle of Fire, which was illustrated by Frank Elizabeth. I thought it was much better than this. Frank Elizabeth also being a Kiwi, by the way. Um, yeah, I thought that was a much better design, but this uh, this is a sort of design that appeals to the fantasy reader in everyone. I think it's very dramatic. It's it's got
0: you know swords and and absurdly tall helmets and and you know it could well crafted armor. Yeah, it, and it, it, it could easily be something out of a World of Warcraft story or something like that, which it probably is because it's Warhammer. Um. Next is the Locus Awards, um, and now I've never really paid much attention to the awards part of the fa- the fantasy world. Do you want to tell me why this is different to the David
1: Gemmell Awards? Uh, the Locus Awards are run by the Locus magazine, as far as I'm aware. So it it's up to members of the Locus um, voting committee to decide on who gets the awards for each category so this year um they had plenty of awesome nominees when you go down through the list um and a bunch of awesome winners as well so i start off with the best science fiction novel which went to embassy town by china mieville i don't know if you got a chance to read this josh i've never read
0: china mieville i know i should have um and I know that you either love him or hate him, um, but I haven't had a chance to read any of his stuff yet. Um, and I was surprised, actually, to see him beat out Stephen King's novel, 112263, which I've heard a lot about. Um, but obviously people, or at least the lo- the Locust people, really enjoy Embassy Town.
1: Yeah, well, you know, Chonamievel, he's a really hard author... To get into it first, and I think you need to read a few of his. I suppose you call them gateway medieval novels. Um, Un London and Kraken are probably the easiest ones to get into his style because Embassy Town is very heavy on the medieval literary sort of scale. He it's about um, these it's it's a science fiction that's set on another planet about the these humans who act as translators for a sentient being and they and they live in this world called embassy town where you know they have to be translators for a whole bunch of different alien species and yeah it's a really cool concept and it was a really good book um I haven't read any of the others on the list, but I'm still glad it won. Uh, Best fantasy novel? Uh, Really, really decent
0: set of five books here. I'll I'll work from the bottom up. Among Others by Joe Walton, Deathless by Catherine M. Valentine, The Wise Man's Fear by Patrick Rothfuss didn't win this one, Uh, Snuff by Terry Pratchett, and what did win, though, was A Dance with Dragons by George R.R. Martin. Um very popular uh, pick I imagine I'm upset that it won because I honestly think that uh, a snuff by Terry Pratchett is is definitely Pratchett at his height and it's I'd love to know what uh,
1: Martin has over Pratchett that gave him this victory Yeah well by all accounts um, Joe Walton should have won for among others at least that's the talk amongst the fantasy circles was that among others, was going to clean out the awards this year. So I haven't read, among others, but a lot of people have, a lot of people whose opinions I trust. And so, yeah, for a lot of people, I guess it's surprising that Dance With Dragons won over these other four great books in the category. Um, first novel, went
0: The Night Sex by Aaron Morgenstern. You've read that, correct?
1: Yes, this is just a fantastic novel. It's about dueling magicians um, trying to one-up each other every time they do a different act and it's just so much fun it's done from the first person um, present tense uh, hard to get into at first with that style of writing it's really jarring, puts you off a little bit but once you get past the first maybe two pages, you really start to get into it and you don't even notice it anymore.
0: Are there any other um, award winners on this
1: list that you are impressed with? Looking looking down, uh, probably The Case of Death and Honey by Neil Gaiman for Best, sh- for best Short Story. It was a um, Sherlock Holmes story and by all accounts one of the best Sherlock Holmes stories that people have seen in a while. Yeah, I remember
0: hearing that he was going to be writing one, but I, I never followed up on it after that. Um, there's a lo- lot of winners in here. You can check out the full list over at the blog. Um, but we'll move on to the next bit, and that is the fact that... Go- well, okay. First of all, how do you pronounce Golansk? Is it Galansk or...?
1: I, I've always pronounced it Golance.
0: Radio, radio, fine. Galance... Acquires uh, Brandon Sanderson's first young adult series I believe he's written other young adult um, series before or maybe it's kids books I'm not sure but Brandon Sanderson obviously one of the more well loved authors we've got going around at the moment um, will be writing the first novel in the series Stillheart and it's it's um, supposed to hit shelves in autumn of 2013 which for those of us in the southern hemisphere would be uh, spring of 2013 Um and i'm i'm interested i don't care that it's young adult uh, it's brandon sanderson and um i'm
1: i'm impressed um, by pretty much everything he's written are you going to be reading this yeah i'm um, i'm going to be reading it definitely as soon as it comes out or if i can get an advance copy i'll be trying my hardest to get one of those yeah um the story
0: is um apparently about a teenager in the city that was once called chicago as he searches for the extraordinary powerful epic named steelheart who killed his father Um, you can read all about it it looks very Brandon Sanderson-ish just now aimed at a younger audience. Um, I understand this won't be part of his Shardverse, is that correct? I have no idea whether this is going to be part of his Shardverse or not Fairly certain Uh, I've heard that this won't be um, just because he's probably got enough going on in it and if you want to get young adults into reading then you're not necessarily going to want to put them into a universe where there are other books to read. Um, Lastly, and this one you definitely need to go to the website to have a look at, but um, it's coming up on Terry Brooks' 35th publication anniversary of the Sword of Shannara, and they are putting out some new maps and some new artwork, and it's beautiful stuff.
1: Yeah, well, Terry Brooks has been around for a long time now, and he commands a lot of power within the publishing world, so, you know, he's obviously managed to commission a great artist here, and they've put together you know, the sort of maps and images that he's really wanted right from day one. Yeah. Well,
0: definitely worth ch- checking out on the website. It'll be very obvious to find. Um, moving on to the calendar, and what's coming up in the next couple of weeks, and Actually, we're a day behind. Um, Might actually be two days behind by the time this gets to anybody's ears. Um, And so on Tuesday, yesterday, um, there are a couple of books that actually came out that we wanted to make mention of. First of all was The Hammer and the Blade by Paul S. Kemp. Uh, You are the one who wanted to put this one in here. Why do you like this one?
1: Um, I've just started reading this. I got an advanced copy from Angry Robot Books. And it's, yeah, it's another thief book. Um, it seems to be that all we're reading at the moment are thief books and you know really morally ambiguous sort of lead characters, but this one is a lot funnier than your average thief book. It puts a crafty thief and a priest together and has them pretty much clashing with morals and theology throughout the entire, or at least first third of the book that I've read so far. Um, very funny, very well written, and you, know, you should definitely get your hands on it if you get a chance. The next one that's coming out is Sky Dragons The Dragon Riders of Pern by Anne McCaffrey and Todd McCaffrey. Uh, I believe this is the last. Dragon Riders book that we're going to get since um, Anne McCaffrey has passed away and Todd McCaffrey has used up the rest of the material that she left him
0: Uh, and also that came out yesterday is a book that I've only ever heard of in Praise Um, an author I've only ever heard of um, spoken of lovingly is uh, Is Caliban's War by James S.A. Corey Um, I've never read it never heard of it, probably not going to get a chance to um, to be perfectly honest, because I have so much on my pile. But I've heard a lot about it, and I know that people uh, have been looking forward to this one. If I had s- spare few dollars, yeah, I would probably get my hands on this, because it looks really interesting. Um, coming out on June the 3rd um, is another Neverwinter Nights book. Um, unsurprisingly, there are a few of them.
1: R.A. Salvatore likes to write. Um, you're a fan of these, right? Um, yeah, I've been a fan ever since um, I first picked up. I think it was... Um, oh, testing my memory here. I think it was The Crystal Shard, the first book in the Icewind Dale trilogy. That that came out, must have been 20 years ago. And ever since I've read that, I've been a fan of uh, Drist, and he's the main character, the dark the Dark Elf from uh, the Dark Elf Trilogy he's been in pretty much all of R.A. Salvatore's books and yeah, I can't get enough of them let's move on
0: because um, we don't want to keep you here forever but we do want to tell you what we're reading because we're always reading uh, there's always something we've got on our tables probably more than some, probably more than one something because there's a lot to read um, Ryan, you're reading The Hollow City by Dan Wells.
1: Yeah, this is a book that I finished last night. Um, Really? Yeah, about 300 pages. It's a um, science fiction book, uh, the latest release from Dan Wells. I think it's due out for release on the 4th of July. Um, The story is about a man named Michael Shipman who has schizophrenia and he sees monsters all over the place but the problem is some of the monsters that he sees are real and he doesn't know which is the real world which which ones are the monsters and which ones are the hallucinations and there's a pretty cool sci-fi supernatural plot that is going on in the background while Michael tries to deal with his schizophrenia and uh, this was just such a fun read you're recommending it to people if you've read any Dan Wells before, then you're going to pick it up anyway. Um, if you haven't read any before, this is probably the best place to start with him before getting into his John Cleaver series. Now, you also told me that you were reading another book today um, that you were really enjoying. Um, yeah, the one that I've just started now is uh, Shift by Kim Curran. I'm only a couple of chapters into it. It's being published by Strange Chemistry, uh, a young adult imprint from Angry Robot Books, and it's a story about a young boy who can shift in time and in phase, so he can basically rewind the last few moments of his life, so say he climbs to the top of this telegraph hole on a dare and he falls off well he can just rewind to a point before he went to climb it and it's as if it's never happened for everyone else but it still happened for him um it's a pretty cool concept kind of like uh the prince of persia sands of time concept if you remember that game yeah yeah it's a bit like that and there's a organization that polices all of this stuff and conspiracies are abound and you know young romance and yeah, all the all the good things that we like with the young adult book. Speak for yourself. <laughs> um, cool, now I'm I
0: I am definitely not reading more than one book at the time um, at the moment because I'm having enough trouble getting through this one book. It's dense, it's big, it's book nine of a ten book series, it's Dust of Dreams by Stephen Erickson, uh, another well the, the second last book in his Malazan series and I tell you what, I am loving it. It is so great to be able to just lose yourself in a book like this. It took me a little while to get back into it. Um, there's, I'm not going to bother trying to summarise it for you because it's book nine. Um, if you haven't read the previous eight, well, then you're not going to be jumping into this one, and even if you have, you might not want to jump into this one because it's a big series. But it, I'm I'm just loving the chance to be able to read such a massive mythology Um Steven Erickson really took the the writing of fantasy literature somewhere else when he started his Malazan series, or at least when he got to book two. And book nine is just as in-depth and crazy and mythological as you can ever hope to imagine from a a series like that, and it's everything I want. Um, And... It really does put a crimp on the amount of other books I can read at one time. S- sometimes I can read multiple books, but when you're reading a Stephen Erickson book, it, it, you know, it's one book at a time. And there is a lot of stuff coming up from that world. Um, I've already got The Crippled God ready to go straight into. Problem is, though, um, there are two Ian e. C. Esselman books that I've got to get to as well, but I can't get to them until I've finished The, Cri- the, the Crippled God... And then, of course, Stephen Erickson is coming out with his first book in a new series in the same universe, just set many, many millions of years earlier, I think. And so, I'm either going to be Stephen Erickson out by the end of this year, or just crazy. So,
1: I believe there's also a Stephen Erickson short story uh, compilation that's coming out soon, set in the world of Malazan. So, oh, Malaz, isn't it? The world of Malaz. Yeah. Well, yes, the the, the world of something or other. Yeah, short stories
0: from Stephen Erickson. That's uh, considering how long his actual stories are. That's quite a feat. And now let's jump into three reviews from the past week: one from me, one from Ryan, and one that we think is really good from one of the other authors on FantasyBookReview.co.uk. First of all, I'll start off. Bleak Seasons by Glenn Cook is it's it, it's part of his Black Company series. The same with uh, the Stephen Erickson book. You're not jumping straight into this book. And I started off my review by saying, you may simply have to suck it up and realise that not all books will be written in the same style or with the same flow as the majority. This does not mean that they are any less brilliant. It just means you have to stop for a moment and think. And, and that's the bit that I really wanted to drive home in my review, is that Glenn Cook makes you think. He doesn't write in a very simple way to read, and so a lot of people walk away feeling stupid and and like they're being made fun of. And who knows, maybe that's exactly what Glen Cook was going for. But the story behind that style of writing is just sublime. I love the massive world that he's written in. And by the time I got to the Inner Bleak Seasons, I was just stunned with the way that the book finished, and And I just I, I can't wait
1: to read more. Alright, um, my review from this week was Kia by Pippa J. Now, Pippa J, she's one of our fellow fantasy book review reviewers, and she's managed to get her debut novel published. Um, it's a bit of a romantic adventure through space and time, and it sort of feels like a Doctor Who story, um, but with a bit of a adult spin to it. And by adult yeah. you mean sexy time adult? Sexy time adult. Radio. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean I'm not a very big romance fan. I haven't read a lot of romance at all, but you know I I'm all for, you know, expanding your tastes and trying to read outside of your genre or trying to expand on your genre and with Kier I really had a lot of fun. I mean it's a really good review, uh, a really good debut from a fantasy book reviewer. Uh, it does a lot of things right. It has a nice fantasy setting. It does some cool sci-fi things as well. I didn't like the time travel part. I think the time travel was a bit basic, but you know, it's still a very good attempt from a debut author. And I reckon if you're a if you're a romance junkie or if you're a fantasy junkie, then you're going to get a lot out of it. Okay, so... The third book, reviewed by Brian Hurstig, is for Brother Band, The Outcast, by John Flanagan. Now, John Flanagan is best known for his Rangers Apprentice series, and so he's picked up with this new ser- new young adult series um, called Brother Band. Now i haven't um read much Ranger's Apprentice for a long time um, it's a fairly stereotypical young adult fantasy set in a medieval world full of orphans and Rangers and stuff like that. but the reason people get into this stuff is the story and the characters and from Brian's review, it seems like the stories and the characters are exactly what's coming through here. He says that if you've read and liked Ranger's Apprentice, then you'll enjoy the Brother Band Chronicles.
0: Sounds like a, a book for a Saturday afternoon read. Um, Herstig um, calls it a overall a good
1: and simple read, and sometimes that's exactly what you need. I was at Supernova a couple of weeks ago, and I got to meet John Flanagan there. So he's a very, very nice man, and I do plan on reading more of his books, but you, know, you just rarely get the time to read when you have so many other books that take up your time as a reviewer. Absolutely.
0: There's there's only so much time in the day and only, only so many hours you can de- dedicate to a book. Each week, we'll probably pick a a topic or maybe a TV show or a a big issue in the world that we want to discuss. This week, though, we're going to start it off simple. We're just going to look at the movie Brave. Now, Ryan and I both went to see this over the past few days. Um, We're going to keep it spoiler-free. We don't want to ruin anything. But, uh, Ryan, why don't you tell me what you thought of the movie and why I think
1: you're wrong? (laughs) All right, so... I thought this was one of uh, Pixar's Weaker showings <laughs> um, <laughs> One of Pixar's Weaker showings in recent memory um, It was a great movie uh, It does all the things that a good Pixar and Disney movie does Has the brave princess Overcoming her Personal issues to Save the day um, You yeah, know I'm pretty sure that's still spoiler-free, right? Yeah. yeah. Everyone knows how Pixar and a Disney movie goes. Um, I I thought it started off with a bang. It's probably one of the best starts to a movie I've seen this year. I thought it lost a lot of steam in the middle. Um, Without spoilers, I can't tell you why. I thought it lost a lot of steam in the middle, just that I started to get a bit bored with an overlong fishing expedition. Oh, that was um, one of the best bits of the movie!
0: <laughs> How can you not love that scene?
1: Yeah, uh, once they, they transitioned into the third act and went into the resolution phase, I thought it picked up once again, and it was, yeah, it was a good movie. Okay,
0: so, all in all, you have no
1: heart. Is that right? Is that about right? Honestly, I think that if you've seen what other people are saying about it, then I've got more heart than a bunch of different movie reviewers out there.
0: See, now, I've spoken to a few people over the weekend. Obviously, I loved the movie. I thought it was fantastic. Um, I spoke to someone on Sunday who said that it was very un-Pixar-like. Now, fine. I can never remember which is a Pixar film and which isn't. So I had to bring up Wikipedia on my phone, have a look, and I'm like, oh, yes, it is very un like However, it was very similar to another Pixar movie that I loved, and that's The Incredibles. Uh, a bit of an old affair, a bit more dark than what you normally... You know, there are no talking cars this time around. Uh, there are three naked bears, baby bears, um, but that's about the closest you're going to get. But the way that they did the three-act structure that the beginning, the middle, the end I thought they were all strong I thought the middle one was strong in a different way um, that fishing expedition I thought was very enjoyable and really fat well with the whole story the um, the arc that they were trying to convey I never understood the people who say oh, that movie was so predictable why are you trying to predict the end of the movie? Why, why aren't you just sitting there? But fine, wh- wh- whatever. I love the movie. That's a movie I'm going to be buying on Blu-ray the moment. It,
1: well, the moment I can afford it, at least. One of the things I think we can talk about, and that we both absolutely loved about it, was the animation. Oh, now, amazing. how How they managed to get the hair to do what it did throughout that whole movie. I mean, I know a little bit about animation and I sort of know how to make stick figures go from point A to point B with a six-frame walk cycle. And I know how much effort that took me. So how they managed to get every single strand of hair to bounce around on its own, get tangled in amongst other stuff. yeah, I've just in awe of what Pixar have created here. Yeah, the
0: the animation department are once again above and beyond anything else. The look in uh, the animal's eyes um, which will be a very big part of the story uh, so expressive and her hair I I want her hair and I'm a guy I remember reading an article within the last few weeks that Pixar had to design an entirely new program just for her hair um, the technology wasn't even around ten years ago, um, maybe even five years ago. It, 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 it the the amount of calculations and work that went into just that beautiful head of sorry, I'm getting distracted. Um, it, it was just amazing, just phenomenal. And the water scenes, um, that fi- that fishing scene. I don't know whether you like the the content or not, but the animation is just sublime.
1: Yeah, I mean, it, whether you have a heart or not, you you can't really say that there's anything wrong with the way that Pixar chose to animate this no, film. No, nothing at all. And that's the end of the show for today. Um,
0: hopefully we'll... Well, no, not hopefully. We will, in the future, start getting a little bit cleaner. We've had some few technical difficulties today, so hopefully this will turn out fine. And in the future, fewer technical difficulties
1: greater success. Alright, so remember you can find us at fantasybookreview.co.uk where we have all the latest reviews for all of your favourite fantasy books, a lot of books that you've never heard of, and a lot of series that you know you should have read but you just haven't yet. You can
0: also find out the latest news from the world of fantasy books and anything else we feel like even
1: slightly links to fantasy at our blog. We'd also like you to come and join our Goodreads book club where we'll be starting a new book for July 2012 which we're hoping to be among others by Joe Walton. And of course you can find us on all the social network sites Twitter at
0: FanBooRev that's F-A-N-B-O-O-R-E-V and at Facebook at facebook.com
1: forward slash fantasy book review. We're also on Twitter. I'm at Josh S. Hill and I'm at Ryan L 1986 you can also email us at blog at uk. and the awesome song that is now in the background and that you heard at the beginning
0: of this podcast is Stealing Horses by Carl Burr I hope Carl that I'm pronouncing your name even slightly correct who you can find on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash k-a-r-l-b-u-h-r-e and on YouTube and we'll provide the links in the um, show notes for this podcast. Alrighty, that is the end of this episode. We'll be back in two weeks' time. Ryan, how do you think we
1: went? Um, I think this is pretty good for our debut episode, and like most authors, we can, we can only get better from here. I completely
0: disagree with that. We can get much, much worse, but we'll endeavour not to. <laughs> Thank you very much for listening. We'll speak to you in a few weeks. For the board! Make it out alive Only death will set you free Death will set you free